Hey family, so happy to be back with today's guest, Janelle, from the upcoming podcast, Love and Justice. If you're new to the podcast, my name is Jacqueline, and this is Amigopreneur, a podcast that features dope women of color who are creatives, entrepreneurs, and spiritpreneurs. We talk about transformation from that place of feeling stuck to taking actions on your dreams. A quick reminder to rate and leave us a comment on iTunes as it helps promote the platform to, and get it out to more amazing women like you. In today's podcast, we talk motherhood without a mother, vulnerability, setting boundaries with family members, what hybrid schooling is, and much more. I'm so grateful to Janelle for such a beautiful, vulnerable, and heartbreaking podcast. And I say that in the most beautiful and respectful way. She really shows us how to love ourselves, our children, through expansion, setting healthy boundaries, trusting our intuition, and self-validation. Enjoy the podcast. Absolutely. When... Honestly, when I became a mother is when that transition started for me. I had a very tumultuous relationship with my own mother growing up and becoming a mother myself gave me the opportunity to decide what kind of life that I was going to lead and what kind of mother that I wanted to be. And if I was going to pass down the same traditions and customs that I was taught to my children. And and so when you talk about having a tumultuous relationship with your mother and then making that decision that if you were going to pass down what you had learned, like what was the beginning of that for you? What was the thought process in that? Um... The beginning was thinking about how I wanted to parent differently and also thinking about how my relationship with my mother was impacting my relationship with my daughters and with my husband and with my friends, with my community. I felt very unsafe and I felt like my environment was really unpredictable growing up so and I didn't even realize that I felt that way I guess and until I talked to counselors and therapists and I started seeking that support um, after I became a mother because I realized that there were some things that I could easily do, maybe yelling at my kids or hitting them or, or arguing or not being vulnerable and clear about my feelings for fear of rejection. I could do that pretty easily because that's what I knew. And I, I realized that that wasn't the best way to start new relationships, especially with two new human beings, and to build healthy relationships with the people around me. And how was that for you to realize that the way that you were raised 
wasn't working out for you? Like what made you start questioning yourself and then go out to get counseling? Um, what, what initially made me start questioning myself was getting in big arguments with my own mom. We kept getting into arguments. We kept getting into fights uh, over the phone, in person, and largely around my, my daughter. And, and I, some women, I think all women have intuition and a gut feeling. And I think when I became a mother, that mama bear is really alive for a lot of women. Our instincts and our gut speak very clearly and loudly. And I knew that the reason that I was having these issues and fights with my mom was essentially because I was starting to draw boundaries to keep my family safe. And when you draw boundaries with a person who's used to really controlling you, there's usually a lot of resistance and there was a great deal of resistance from my mom with me drawing those boundaries and we butted heads all the time. And that relationship and that toll that that was taking on me, I, I first sought counseling just to see if I could get along with her to mm -hmm. see if there was something that I was doing that was making it difficult for me to get along with my mom. And after talking to a counselor and a couple of therapists, I realized that it really wasn't something that I was doing. It was just, she is a different person and her qualities make it difficult for people to be in healthy relationships with her. What would be, for, for women that are listening and for new mothers and people who are starting to set those boundaries with people that may um, like to control situations that are, that are in similar situ situations as you are, can you give us an example of one boundary that, that you set because you felt as a mother instinctually that you needed to set this boundary? Like, what did that look like? And what was your process um, to have that boundary with her and, and then go to therapy and talk, talk about it and then learn that it was a healthy boundary that you were setting? My initial boundaries that I set with my mom were not allowing her to watch my kids without me being there. And that is a tough boundary for a lot of people to make with their own parent who raised them. But I, I realized that when my mom was around my daughter, some of the things that she would do weren't in the best interest of my daughter. They weren't necessarily harming my daughter but they weren't in her best interest. And just if, if my daughter wanted to play with a toy and maybe move in a direction in, of the room that my mom wasn't in, my mom would feel the need to distract my daughter or create some sort of noise or commotion to redirect my daughter's attention back to, back to my mom, back to her. And I felt that that was manipulative and really not in the best interest of a child who's learning to explore the world around them through touch and sound. And I could see that my mom's need to be the center 
of the attention wasn't in the best interest of my daughter. Um, so it just it was a little red flag to me and it felt uncomfortable for me to leave my child with someone who I didn't feel like was always put her interest over theirs. And what I said to myself in that moment was, as a mother, as a woman, what's going to protect my daughter and my family the most is listening to my gut and listening to my instincts and listening to that little voice that says something is not right. And if I don't listen to that voice now when she's little, I'm going to keep not listening to that voice as she gets older. I'm going to convince myself that my voice, that little voice that's telling me that something's wrong, I'm going to quiet that voice and then I'll leave her even more vulnerable to what happens in the world. So it was a tough decision to have to listen to that voice when it came to my own mother. But I believed heavily that intuition and instinct and gut are, they are literally tools to protect us as humans. And when we listen to those voices, they can lead us and, and keep us safe and guide us in the right directions. But many times, especially women, we tell that voice that it doesn't matter. We try to convince our, ourselves that that voice isn't what it, it, it's saying, isn't true, or we're, we're over-exaggerating, or we're being dramatic, or all these things that society has told us to convince us that our voice and our intuition isn't powerful. And I decided in that moment that I was going to trust my voice and trust that intuition even at a great cost of not having sort of a grandmother babysitter in my life. How is that for you emotionally? I know now you are able to articulate what was happening in that moment, um, but how can you, if you feel comfortable, can you describe for, you, for us how that was for you emotionally to see the two people that you love um, to have your daughter and want her to be around your mother, but at the same time realizing that that wasn't healthy and that you needed to put the needs of your child first. How was that for you emotionally when you, when you aren't able to articulate everything that's going on, when you aren't able, maybe this was the first time for you um, and you couldn't really articulate maybe what was, what, what was, what needed to happen and and put the needs of your daughter, but like what's happening with you at the same time as a daughter and a mother? It was really scary. It was lonely. I felt that no one could relate to what I was doing because I might have seen similar situations with other mothers and daughters, but they somehow convinced themselves to not listen to that voice. And it was hard to stand with my decision when I felt like the whole world was against me. No one was telling me, you know what, you're probably right. Most people were like, well, that's your mom. And mm -hmm. And, and everyone 
generally assumes that moms have the best interest of their kids in heart, but there are some moms who don't have the best best interests of their children um, in their hearts. And, and my mom was one of those moms sometimes. So I felt very, very lonely. It was a, it was a very slow and long grieving process to lose what I thought that I was going to have in a mother and a grandmother to lose the type of support that I absolutely needed as women and mothers. We need community and to lose such a big part of my community was so difficult. I remember being sick and pregnant and breastfeeding and i remember having food poisoning one time and not having anybody to call and wanting so desperately to call my mom but also realizing that that wasn't going to serve me in the long run how do you well there's going to be so many questions after this (laughs) How do you learn or how did you get to that point? Like for me, there's so many different stages of being a mother, right? Mm -hmm. And when they're babies, when they're toddlers, and it's always changing and there's always challenges and there's always these transitions that you're maneuvering into this new relationship because um, you're growing as a mother with your child and you're growing as a woman along the way. So with my daughter, when she headed off to college, it was a whole new relationship. She's an adult. She's paying her bills. You know, she's now living her life. And we have to now transition into what that relationship looks like. And it was very difficult uh, for the both of us. And being that I'm, I'm in a similar situation as you, I'm not close to my mother. And so I don't know. I, I never got to, to really see these experience or know what is normal, right? Like, oh, this is normal. This is what happens when your kids go to college. And, and this, is, this is something you'll get through and then go to someone and, and have, ask them that question. Like, how do I navigate through this? What Absolutely. is normal and how do I navigate through this? Um, so not having that was very difficult, but, but I do agree with you that even to this point, now thinking back and now being able to be more connected to my emotions and how to articulate that, I was very aware that although I didn't have someone to go to, that instinctually I knew that I needed to push through this, not necessarily push her, but like push through it in my way, right? Not Absolutely. Not, not lose our relationship, even though there were times that I worried about our relationship and how we were going to get through this because it was a very difficult time. So for you, how did you get to the point where you knew like, okay, some people do say a lot of the times, well, that's your mom. And like, and I would get that all the time, you know, but it's your mom and people not understanding that not every mother is Mrs. Huxtable, you know, not every mother is your mom. Your mom have been very nurturing and loving, but I didn't have that relationship. And so I had to let it go. So for you, can you walk us through or, or talk to us about making that decision and what that decision looked like for you when you decided that 
you were going to push through to, to work it out and get to the other side, that you were going to make the decision that you were going to let this go. The straw that broke the camel's back for me was um, essentially my mom threatening me. She threatened me, not to my face, but to people around me. And as I began to draw more boundaries, I, I initially wanted to really preserve the relationship, but just to preserve it in a different way. I felt like if I just keep boundaries up then me and my mom could we could function but like I said when you're used to control boundaries limit that control and it makes it hard for you to be in a relationship if that's what you want if you want a controlling relationship mm -hmm. so the straw that broke the camel's back was I became very direct with my mom and not rude and I didn't want to be rude but I get I got so angry sometimes that I felt like this is kind of pushing me out of my character dealing with her. And I definitely wanted to straight stay true to my character as a person who is respectful and honest and direct. And I didn't want to be in a relationship with anyone that pulled me into a yelling, upset type of person. So my mom essentially threatened to hit me in my adult years because she didn't like that I confronted her about something that she was doing with my kid. I basically was like, you know, mom, if you want to take my kid somewhere like to the zoo or to Disneyland, just talk to me about it first before you offer her a trip. Because then of course, moms know, then I look like the bad guy for saying no. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was a very simple request. It wasn't even saying that she couldn't take her on the trip. Just ask me first. And I guess that really sent my mom into a tailspin. So she started telling people who were really close to me that I was so disrespectful. And had we not been in the setting that we were in, she would have hit me for doing that. And then I was like, wow. One, I had a flash of her hitting me and me hitting her back. And I said, I never want to hit my mom. And if she doesn't feel like she can be in a relationship with me and not hit me, then I definitely cannot be in a relationship with her. And I confronted her about it. And I was in tears. And I was like begging her to kind of take ownership of that and just tell me to my face. And she wouldn't. And I said, well, that's that. I can't even have a conversation with you about what you're saying about me to other people, um, about threats, about you feeling that I'm disrespecting you. She never mentioned it to me, but she, she told a lot of people that she wanted to hurt me because of it. And I just didn't feel safe anymore. I said, this is no longer a safe relationship for me. And, and that was it. And I was crying. And I remember my daughter's where we were having a wonderful day and then I'm on the phone and there's tears coming down my eyes and they're not used to seeing me like that. And I said, this is not, this is not healthy for my family. Mm. And that was, that was when I decided to draw the line. That was when I decided that I had to put my health and the health of my family before the relationship that I had with my mom.
And like you said, it's flying blind. Mm-hmm. You have to, you are flying without an example. I, and I decided that my gut was going to have to lead me and not maybe an example. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of therapy. I still go to therapy. Um, and I was able to sort of connect with those emotions and to connect with the behaviors that I learned from her that I didn't want to pass on and be honest about those, be honest about these shortcomings and these things that I probably will struggle with for a long time because of who I am genetically and who I was raised to be, but with the support and the awareness of the fact that I might, when I hear loud noises or my kids screaming that I really want to yell and that's kind of instinctual for me, but if I can take a breath in that moment and remember where I am and remember that I'm safe and remember that everything is not an emergency, then I can respond to my kids calmly. But it took help and therapy to to remind me that I have power over these little moments. And, and now as my daughters get older and the relationship that I have with them is more apparent, I can see that the changes and the decisions that I've made are setting them up for a different life. You talk about, um, so the first thing just to kind of go back and talk about kind of like set it up. It was, it was you putting boundaries first. It was the reaction and this can be with everyone, right? It's putting boundaries first um, with someone that may be controlling how that becomes an issue and how that really is about them. Right. Totally about them. Like getting to that point of understanding that that's about them and, and their issues or whatever they have going on. So the first thing was your boundaries and then something else that I heard from you that, that really like um, lit up for me was staying true to your character and seeing how you were always respectful and you never wanted to in any way, you know, disrespect her, but then coming to a point that, okay, now I'm starting to change. You know, I'm setting these boundaries, but now I'm starting to act out of character. And I, the question that I wanted to ask you is about, ownership and having that conversation and her not taking ownership with the things that she had said and how you were hurt. And I know for a lot of people, I went to an event and there was a woman that asked the therapist, like, how can I make my dad change? How can I force? Mm. And she didn't say force. She just said like, how can I get him to go to therapy? And she was making it very much about him. Right. And and the response uh, from the therapist was, you can't change anyone. You can only like change yourself pretty much. And I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when, when I hear a lot of people and even myself, I remember always saying, you know, putting it on the other person to change, putting it on them. If they can just get the help, if they can just do this and essentially looking for this validation from our parents. Absolutely. Just knowing, yeah, just knowing that, you know, we don't need that validation from it's really not about that. It's more for me. It's just accepting them who they are. And that doesn't mean you have them in your life and you have a relationship with them. It's just accepting like, this is who they are. And they make the decision to change, to grow, to evolve. And that's on them. 
right? So yeah. can you talk to us how that was for, for you not needing that validation? Because I know there are people out there forcing like these parental relationships with, with parents who may not be healthy for them because they're seeking that validation and they're wanting their parents to change. And so it's constantly like looking for that, like if their parents would just change, if their parents would just validate them, that that would make everything okay. For you, how was that for you not needing that validation and kind of standing in your own um, power and in, in, in your own intuition and in your own self and your self-love, it sounds like? Like how was that for you to get, I guess, over or get through not needing that validation from her? Dealing or living without that parental validation, that validation, what a parent does for you is they give you that unconditional support that when you throw a tantrum, when you slam the door, when you scream, I hate you, that parent is, is the person who's supposed to be there through all of that. They're the person who's supposed to catch you when you fall, help you when you're low. They're the person who accepts you and your weird, quirky behavior, no matter what, because that's that's who they raised, that's who they've been used to. And, and with the world, right, you have to be a little bit more guarded, right? You understand that on your job, they're not going to super accept your quirky behaviors. And if you flip out on your friends, then they're probably not going to um, be friends with you for much longer. And not to say that's what you want to do with your parents, but that's what you do with your parents when you're young. And then you grow to understand that they're human beings too, and they, they need support too. But you've been validated by them so much that it's almost like you are on, um, you've planted yourself on a solid rock so that when you can navigate the world because you have that, you have that foundation at home. For me, I don't have that foundation and it's still scary. It's still something that I have to overcome. It's, it's hard when I feel like I do something like I was sharing with you. I was just in a theater show and I was really proud of my performance and my mom wasn't in the audience and I couldn't call her afterwards and she couldn't be proud of me the way that mothers are proud of their daughters. And in those moments, in that very real moment where I feel that, that pain, that tinge, that, Oh, I wish that my mom was here and that she was proud of me. I have to tell myself, you did an amazing job. I have to validate myself and it sucks that your mom isn't able to be here to support you, but you still rocked it and you should be proud of yourself for taking a risk or being brave for being vulnerable or being kind. And it feels weird. It feels almost unnatural to validate yourself in that way. It, when I first started doing it, I felt like I was stroking my ego, mm. but really I understand that I'm not stroking my ego. We all need support. Mm. And if we 
don't get support from the people around us. And even if we do, we have to support ourselves the most. We have to be our biggest advocates, our biggest cheerleaders. And so I find myself now when I'm feeling that pain and when I'm feeling that tinge, I, I still maybe reach for a friend or for a family member and say, hey, guess what I did? And it's not the same as a mom, but it's still nice. And I learned to just be grateful for what I have. And I also, I also validate myself. I say, you know what? You did a good job. You took a risk. You tried something new. Be proud of yourself. And just kind of resting on that more, resting on who I am as a person, my character, and trusting myself that I'm enough. I really think you have a great start to what you're doing, and I, and I really commend you for listening to your intuition, getting the help that you need, going to therapy, and now learning to validate yourself and mother yourself. For me, my experience, and I feel like I can share that with you, is that I just kind of shut it down, right? Like I had to shut it down because it was so painful not to have that mother figure or have that person to go to that I shut it down. I, I remember one particular moment that I realized how much I had shut it down. My daughter was a baby. And we were out at some fair, I can't remember, some public space. And I needed um, one of the girls that I was with had a baby too, and she needed to change her baby. So we go into the bathroom and there's no changing table. And so she puts herself against the wall and kind of like starts kneeling down, like, like she's sitting down. Mm -hmm. And then she, she makes like a changing table on her lap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's changing her baby and I'm just like wow you know like you're so smart I said where did you learn that and she looked up at me and looked at me in the weirdest way and she was like my mom oh. I was like oh and it just dawned on me I'm like oh that's what moms do oh. you know like for me I was like always depending on me to like learn stuff. So I was really in my own innocent way saying like, wow, you're so smart. How'd you figure that out? Not understanding that there are women out there who whose mothers do show them how to navigate motherhood. Yeah. And then realizing because I had tried to prove for so long that I didn't need my parents or I didn't need my mom that I could figure it all out. That in that moment, as you know, as a mother, as now an adult, that I realized that I would always need my mom. Always. Always, you always need your mom, but not the mom that you have or, or were given, right? But yeah. the, that mothering. You do. Yeah, and you that mothering, that, that person to go to, that, that guidance. And you and I spoke, you know, before this about me and always wanting to go out and and if i knew then was to go out and build that community with different women mm -hmm. and now you know i just started doing the same thing that you you've started to do which i think is great is like mothering myself mm -hmm. validating myself you know talking to myself how i would have been wanting to be talked to you know and and always it's funny because i'll look at my daughter and i'll think how do I speak to her? How do I love on her? Like I should talk to my me that way. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and the way I see how exceptional she is and how special and how smart and how in awe, I should do that for myself. But it is weird in the beginning. You do feel like you're trying to stroke your ego or you feel like even foolish at the same yeah. time. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is weird. Like, this is dumb, you know? But then I have always said to my daughter, you know, like, question yourself why you think that's dumb, you know? Why you think, like, loving yourself or like saying these things why you think it's foolish in the first place and then when you really think about it you know it's not it's okay to love on yourself it's okay to feel confident it's okay to like talk about your accomplishments it's okay to give ourselves what we need from ourselves even if that means that we need to mother ourselves in that moment right absolutely Um, and another reason you know just to kind of uh change it around and go in another direction because I know that now you do something and that's why I wanted to bring you to the podcast to talk about your experience with your mom which you have shared openly and it's been such a like enlightening conversation but also talk about how you homeschool your kids but they also go to school a few times a week and why you decided to do that yeah that's an interesting journey um I do homeschool my kids. They go to a unique school. It's a hybrid school, meaning they go to school, they have a teacher, they have a classroom two days a week, and they're homeschooled with me the other three days. I decided to do that because sometimes the universe just aligns things for you. My husband works at this job and literally directly across the street from his job was this elementary school and we would drive by his job and our kids were little one three years old and I said oh look wouldn't it be cool if our kids went to school right across the street from your job and I didn't know anything about that school I just had seen it and I saw it was really close to his job and then in a mom group, like you said, reaching out for that community. I was in Mocha Moms, a mom group for women of color. And a Mocha Mom was saying that, oh, my kids go to that school, that one across the street from your husband's job. And this is kind of what it's about. It's half homeschool. And, and I heard it and I didn't, I didn't think anything of it because I didn't want to be a homeschooler. (laughs) I had stayed home with my daughters for a few years. I worked from home when my first daughter was born and then I stopped working. Um, I started a little business and, and it was really hard to juggle anything with being with my kids being at home. So I didn't, I didn't even consider really homeschooling, but I heard another mom talk about it. A mom who had gone to an elementary school in our neighborhood and had switched to the hybrid homeschool and she said you should just try it because it is a charter school it is a lottery it's easiest to get in in kindergarten if you don't like it you can always just switch back to your homeschool to the um to your neighborhood school rather and I said that's a good point and she said just go go to the informational meeting and go to the exhibition which is when these kids Um, display the work that they're doing on campus. So I went, I checked it out. The informational was super, it spoke to me as a human. It said, at this school, we don't give out grades. We want the kids to learn intrinsically, to be motivated to learn, 
not by an A or a B, but by their own interest and by their desire to master skills and to, to grow. I love that. I love that they practice compassionate communication and they wanted the kids to be in a more punitive free um, zone. They weren't heavy on the detentions and pink slips and, and there's no star or bar or red card or green card or yellow card. Um, I like that. I like that they didn't have formal standardized textbooks. They were saying that this is a public school. We want you to meet the common core standards, but you can do that in a variety of ways. And me being a black woman, having two black daughters, thinking about a culturally relevant and accurate curriculum seemed awesome to me. I could teach them about women, about black women in history, about um, topics that they would get a different spin on with a, tra with a traditional education. And so I liked it. It all sounded like cool. I didn't necessarily know about the homeschool part, but then I went to the exhibition and I saw these kids and they blew me away. They were in kindergarten and they were talking about little machines that they had built with paper rolls and marbles. And they were so proud of their work. And I went into a kindergarten class and I didn't even know who the teacher was because the kindergartners were the ones talking to me and addressing me and talking to me about their work, not the teacher. And I was just sold. And I signed my daughter up, my oldest daughter in kindergarten, and now she's in the third grade. And I've been homeschooling both of my kids since um, they've been in school. How has this whole process changed you from making that decision to end the relationship right now with your mom and now as someone who is homeschooling, you know, her girls, how has, how do you feel that has evolved you as a mother, as a woman? I think homeschooling is what most people prioritize. What I find when they're homeschooling is the social and emotional development of their kids. That's what I'm most concerned about. I'm most concerned that I have happy kids who like to play and feel safe. And, and not that I'm one of those people who wants to shield them from the world, but I'm also one of those people who believes that what you learn most about the world or what you can learn most about the world and the safest place for them to learn how to interact with people is, is through their family, is through their community. It's not necessarily... <laughs> I don't necessarily want my kids to learn social skills from 30, 13 year olds. <laughs> um, I think that 13 year olds have a lot to offer the world, but they're growing and learning social skills and they're developing. And I'm happy that my kids can kind of get a little bit of both, but I can still be the person to help answer their questions and to help them when they're coming up with problems and to help them um, with conflict resolution. And community has always done that for children. It's just recently kind of with the, the way that public education and education works now that kids are not learning from older 
people and elders and and mothers and and older cousins and older kids in the neighborhood it used to be more of a a fluid learning environment for people but now it's very like you're in the second grade you only hang out with second graders you're in third grade you only hang out with third graders and that's kind of if you think about it an an unnatural um group really in life in your job in your community how you interact you interact with people of different ages from different walks of life and so i like that they can be with their peers sometimes but also they can learn to navigate the community with my support and it's changed me a lot because it's definitely forced me to work on my self-control, work on my emotional regulation. Most people say they can't homeschool because they would lose it on their kids. And I get it. It's so hard. (laughs) I have really tough days sometimes where I do question if I'm making the right decision. But then some days I'll get like a reward or a nugget or something they'll say or do will just show me that this is it. This is the right thing. Even my daughters now, they, like, one time we were talking about kind hearts. And honestly, this conversation came from talking about my mom. And I actually shared with my daughters how I was scared to be a daughter of, or be a mother of daughters because I was nervous about the relationship. And they, they're so affirming. They're like, why? You're, you're really good at being a mom to us, you know? (laughs) And I was like, oh, thank you. You know? And I was saying something about, you know, just trying to have a kind heart. And my youngest daughter was like, mommy, can I basically, can I put my heart with your heart? Like, can I trade you hearts? And I thought it was so cute. And I said to her, well, interestingly enough people can trade hearts and it blew her mind and then we started this whole research project on hearts and how they work with the circulatory system and heart transplants and what makes the heart work right and wrong and that just came from talking and engaging and i remember that night before they went to bed i said well tomorrow in homeschool we'll do some heart research and they were so excited they were like mommy, I'm so excited about school tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, I feel like, I guess this is, this is it. And for right now it's working. I'm not going to say that I will homeschool for the rest of their career um, (laughs) as students, but it's working now and they are really happy and they enjoy learning. And the two days they go to school, they really love it. And when they're at home, they're free. They don't have homework. They, when they're done with their schoolwork, they just play. And they're not um, so tired all the time. They can wake up without an alarm clock. These little gifts that, that I feel like I can give them right now, and I've been fortunate to be able to give them, um, I feel like it helps me as a mother and as a, as a woman to feel like, yeah, I am doing something really different and I'm giving them something that I didn't have. And I'm also really proud of myself for parenting them in this new like way with tools that I never, like you said, you never, I never learned from my mom. I didn't learn compassionate communication from my mom. 
my mom definitely used corporal punishment and punitive things. And I was scared. I was walking around on the eggshells in my house a lot of the time because I just didn't want to do anything to get in trouble. And now being a mother and a homeschooler and seeing my kids free and happy and still, I mean, they have their tough days, but they're not living in fear. They're like really living a more free life. And as a human, that makes me happy because I hope that they can take these skills and this freedom and this empathy and this compassion and spread it. How is it for you being vulnerable, you know, as a woman, as a woman of color with your two young daughters, being that, that it sounds like you were living in an environment where you could be vulnerable and share your feelings. How does that feel for you? It's liberating. I, I try, I think for me, it's like, making sure I don't overshare, sharing just enough. It's tricky sometimes, but overall I feel that I've been able to be honest with my daughters and connect with them in a way that they, they trust me and I trust them. And I think me opening up to them and sometimes telling them that I'm scared, it helps them to be brave enough to tell me when they're scared. And they don't feel like I'm this untouchable, infallible robot. Mm. And I, you know, I take ownership for my mistakes. I apologize all the time. And I think that it just, it's setting them up to believe that one, they can make mistakes too, and they can just own it and they can move on. And, um, it's, it's amazing. I feel like what I thought about having daughters and my fears about having daughters every day, I get more and more confident about being a woman and navigating this world and even sharing my stories with different people and, and in different ways. I feel like it empowers other people to kind of just look at their lives. And even when I know other people have like tumultuous relationships with their mom. I don't encourage everyone to do it like me, but I just encourage people to look and, and honestly believe that they deserve to be happy and that their kids deserve to be happy and they, they deserve to be safe and their kids deserve to be safe. Because even in our adulthood, some people don't, we don't even believe that we deserve respect sometimes from our parents. <laughs> and just kind of cracking that door open and, and letting people know that you're worthy of respect and you're worthy of vulnerability and safety. I love it. I love that practicing with my girls helps me practice with the world. It helps me practice in all my other relationships. And um, it's been amazing, honestly. I, I think that I'm becoming a mother and homeschooling has put me on a path that I didn't necessarily think that my life was designed for or set up for, but I'm on this new path and I'm so proud of myself for doing something different and creating a more safe environment for my kids and for myself. And so that I can continue to kind of have healthy relationships in life, just with my friends, 
and how I navigate and, and even building my confidence to do things that I've never seen done. Um, I, I just feel really grateful and, and happy. So the, the podcast kind of shifted this year for me, and it was more of a call to be more connected to my feminine energy versus me always being on the masculine energy, always mm -hmm. go, go and do and systems and hustle and all this stuff. Um, because I felt like maybe a part of me needed to connect more to that feminine energy, but also to, to mother myself more right, to get to, to nurture myself more, to take things more at ease and just let things come to me versus always feeling like I need to go get them. So when we talk about feminine energy, um, connecting to that, what does that mean to you? Mm, being brave, being vulnerable, um, being embracing emotions and honoring them. How do you connect to your desires? Listen to myself. Um, reach out to friends and think creatively about how I can get the things that I want. And what does it mean to you to be a powerful woman? To me, it means being vulnerable and being accountable and being okay with making mistakes, being okay with not being perfect, being okay and accepting my humanity and using that, that vulnerability to connect with other people and to connect with my community and to push, to push for change, to push for empathy and compassion. I'm Janelle and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter as Delis All Natural, D-E-L-L-I-E-S-A-L-L-N-A-T-U-R-A-L. -L -L -L. You can also find me at Nelly Scales. And E L L I E underscore S C A L E S. Um, my blog is www.deliesonnatural, my website, and um, you can find us, find me on my upcoming podcast, Love and Justice, and it's spelled L O V E A N D J U S T U S. <laughs>